We're going to remind you the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football and the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Wolves Football on 96.9 The Legend. This is the season finale of the Wiregrass High School Football Report, season two. The end of the 2020 season has hit us. Uh, it's a season some may have not thought was even going to happen back in the summertime, but we made it through the season. It was a fantastic season for teams in the Wiregrass. A lot of good teams this year. We had Abbeville Yellow Jackets make it to the state championship in 2A, and then we also had Abbeville Christian in the AISA in their classification. They made state championship. We had Several teams, when their regions make big playoff runs, uh, big time players uh, stood out this year, and uh, it was just a, it was a fun fun season. Of course, being the producer for Dothan Woods football over nine six nine, a legend also producing the Smithgrider Coaches Show was fun every single week, and also doing the Dothan Woods football replay was fun as well. And talking to all the great guests this season here on this podcast, all the coaches, the people around the area that cover high school footballs, and I do a proper thank you to everybody. At the end of the show, uh, on this show, I will be joined by Michael Rinker once again. He's coming back to the show two weeks in a row. We're going to do a season wrap up. So, yes, we will touch on the state championship game from Friday, but we'll also just kind of look back at the Wiregrass as a whole uh, and just kind of look at the season it was. It was a fun season. And for Michael, this was his first year here in the Wiregrass because he's, you know, not from here, from West Virginia. So, uh, be uh, interested to get his thoughts on the season overall. And uh, just, you know, I'm going to do the thank you at the end where I'm going to mention everybody. But uh, thank you to all the listeners first to listening to this podcast. Some of you have reached out throughout the season and told me you enjoy the show, what I'm doing here, promoting high school athletics in the Wiregrass with these coaches, you know, promoting these players and having the people on here that really celebrates high school football. So I want to say thank you to everyone that has checked out the show this year and real quickly last week's show did not show up on apple podcast until probably friday uh just there were some technical issues last week seems like we got them situated but uh, that's why it did not show on apple podcast so if you didn't listen to last week's show even though you know every bill you know the result to their game so go check it out it was a good conversation with michael just looking at abbeville as a whole in their whole season especially if you are a abbeville supporter out there part of hive nation i still suggest you go check that podcast out because uh, it, it was it was a good one between me and michael and um like i said i appreciate him coming on and before i get my conversation going with michael i'll let you guys know you can find me and this podcast you can find me on social media at p jordan sec you can find the show on 969thelegend.com 955.tvy.com and wkmx.com as well and also on apple podcast as just mentioned and if you're on apple podcast please subscribe rate and review if you leave a review i will read it on a future edition of the show and why this is the season finale there will be special editions during the off season here and there try to do at least maybe three or four between now and next season just when stuff pops up so you can leave a review i will read it uh on a special edition uh when one of those episodes does come up and we do one of those which we will probably will do throughout the off season here and there if stuff comes up that needs to be uh i feel like it needs to be discussed i'll i'll see if we can do it and we i get the okay we'll do a podcast and uh remember you can also email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com now let's jump into my conversation with wdhn sports director michael rinker Everybody returning to the show this week here on the, the season finale of the Wiregrass High School Football Report is WDHN Sports Director Michael Rinker. And uh, Michael, I'm glad that scare you off last week. You, you coming on for uh, two weeks in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a pleasure. This is uh, what, my third time on this thing, so 
That's uh, crazy that we're here at the wrap-up show. Feels like it was just August about a month and a half ago, but now we're almost Christmas time. So uh, I know you having me on. Oh yeah, glad to have you all. Yeah, because you were on. I see. Because I did a couple before the season actually kicked off. So you were in one of the preseason yeah. episodes I did, and uh, it, I believe we were talking about the Dothan Wolves scrimmage they had uh, coming mm-hmm. off of that. And uh, you know, you, we talked about how because you renewed it to the area and all things. You know, with, with the wiregrass and getting ready for the season, how you were excited about it. So uh, just, you know, overall for you, uh, how, how would you classify? What, what what stuck out the most for you with covering high school football here in the Wiregrass this year? I would say, I mean, growing up in my hometown, we love our football, but down here it's another level. Uh, and then going to Tuscaloosa, just the state in it's, itself, how much they really appreciate high school football and they make it such a, a cool atmosphere for the kids. It, it's been an amazing year to cover all the teams. Coaches, all of them have been super appreciative. And anytime you ask if you can come to a practice or talk to the players, like heck yeah, we want these kids to get exposure. So it's been a, it's been a great year, and uh, it's really opened my eyes just to see how much Alabama really loves their football, specifically at the high school level. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that. You know, for me, look, I've, I've lived there most of my life, but I know these last two years doing this podcast, I have uh, gotten that com- got that comment a lot from coaches to tell you how appreciative they are of, you know, just the time that you take to cover the kids and promote high school athletics in the area. Uh, because there's probably areas in this country that coaches wouldn't be that uh, forthcoming and allowing you to gain that access. But I think pretty much everyone here, all the coaches here are pretty good about that. They're all, all about, you know, not just promoting their school, but also high school athletics here in Wiregrass. Oh yeah, I agree. And for me, it's like, I grew up, about an hour south of D.C., so we were in that D.C. market, so TV stations weren't coming down to our local high school football games. So here, it's kind of like neat to see how, I mean, the kids that people know, they watch it when they're five years old, and here they are on TV on Channel 4 or Channel 18, so it's got to be pretty sweet, and uh, I'm already missing, missing football, and I can't wait for August to come around. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was thinking about that. I was prepping for this podcast because it's always, you know, I'm always looking forward to the next week. What's the next game, big game next week? But uh, we don't have any until August. And I guess what we can talk about was past Friday, of course, Abbeville uh, lost to Mars Hill 56-14. to uh, Just overall, before we kind of touch on actually the game, what was the experience like going up to Tuscaloosa and uh, covering this game? Oh, man, it was awesome. I obviously went up there with Robert Smith. Uh, from WDHM with us and it was just the minute you walked in you could feel the atmosphere and we got there when the uh, the 4A game was wrapping up but man it's just when I would, got that on the field and they're doing the promos and they had like a little highlight cut for Abbeville and then Mars Hill it was amazing and obviously Bryant Denny Stadium I've been in a few college stadiums but that one is top of the charts that I've been in it definitely makes down near field look like a <laughs> high school field it is something else, but it was awesome. It was a great experience. Obviously, the result didn't turn out the way a lot of us in the wiregrass would hope, but it was awesome. Hopefully, we can get back there next year. Yeah, what's the whole process? You know, this is it's a weird year. How you do everything uh, for being in media for yourself? Like, how what was your setup like there on the field or covering the game? So originally, how we were gonna we were gonna have me like kind of in the grandstand shooting from the sidelines and then Rob was just going to be in the press box but when we got there they let us have both of us on the field shooting so we I was in one corner he was in the other and so we kind of attacked it from both ways and it was really sweet 
yeah, it's a that's pretty cool. Then you get both of them get to get the dual dual shots there a little bit. Uh, I have one nitpick of with the state championship. So if anybody has problems with what I'm about to say, y'all can send me a tweet at P Jordan SEC. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm fully uh, aware and fine with taking some backlash. They could have took the Alabama Crimson Tide stuff off the end zones and put like the Alabama High School Flex Association logo. That's all I'm saying. Alabama ain't playing no more home games at Bryant Denny Stadium. They could have took that off. That was that's like my only <laughs> little nitpick from watching the games online. Uh, it's a small thing, but I just had to get that out there. So uh, I guess I think that would have oh, added did. a little bit different touch to it. Uh, but then again, I guess if you're a player, so I scored in the end zone where it says Crimson Tide. So it's a little bit. It's got it on mm-hmm. both sides of it. Uh, with the game. Now, yeah, like we said, it did not obviously didn't go the way Abbeville or anybody in the Wiregrass wanted. Like I said, they losing to Mars Hill 56 to 14. I guess when you look at the game, though, you know, on the positive sides of things, uh, it did, the game didn't really turn until the second quarter, about close to early yeah. midway, uh, second quarter there, because opening up in the first quarter and a half, uh, Abbeville and Mars Hill were kind of like filling each other out. It was a defensive game to start out. It was, and I think a large part of that was kind of both teams had some nerves. I think Marceau obviously has been there before. Um, Abbeville, you could tell they were kind of just getting their feet wet in the first quarter. And I really hope it, it stayed neck and neck like that through the end. And I think that once they, when the first quarter, or at the end of the first quarter, they had that goal line stand, Abbeville did. And I really thought that would have just, you know, gave them some momentum. Like, kind of that slap in the face, we're here, let's do this thing, let's get back to how we always do it. And then they fumbled it a few plays later and it. And then that kind of changed the course of the game. And then once Martavius went down, which I hope he's feeling better, Stewart said he is okay. It was just kind of a precautionary thing to keep him out of the game because it was a head or neck injury. And that really changed the game because he's their leader on offense. And then on defense, he's kind of like their – I mean, he's one of their secondary people, and he does a pretty good job not, not getting beat. And that's where really the game, I think, turned is when he went down, Marceau kind of opened up the playbook and started taking deep shots to the air. And they hit, I think – two or three in the second quarter that really just blew the game wide open yeah they uh they they're up 21 nothing at halftime and i remember i was keeping up with it online because i was at i was at work so i didn't get to catch the game live went back and caught the highlights of it though um got a good feel for what happened i, I saw that he went down i was like that's not good and you mentioned it from two sides of the coin because Yes, he's the quarterback, but also the leadership on defense. And I don't know how many times in the playoffs or this year you've seen where he's made a big play defensively in interceptions. He, uh, he did that, but it was against Isabella. Yeah. He made some big ones against them. And uh, Comer, too. B.B. Comer was another one. Uh, he made some big plays on defense. I think he had two interceptions that game. So you're right. I mean, that part of the field when he was off on defense, too, maybe left a spot where Marcio, okay, we can take advantage now that he's not mm-hmm. there anymore. Yeah, on the field, I, I'm, I might be wrong. He may have been the one who had that goal line tackle. It was literally inches from crossing the plane. He just wrapped up the, the ball carrier. Peyton Hing is over 21. But I think also from a psychological standpoint, when you watch your leader go down, especially with a, a head injury like that, they kind of like lost some confidence. But then in the same sense, Marcel kind of was like, all right, there goes their best player. We kind of got these guys. And I think it is hard to bounce back from that, from a confidence thing. And also Martavius, he's one of those swagger players. He kind of leads the team and like, they get off on how he acts and his charisma. So it was a big blow for them, and it's hard to bounce back from. But I think at the end, Abbeville, they, they kind of knew where they were. They enjoyed the moment. And unfortunately, the scoreboard wasn't what they wanted. But nonetheless, this is, this is a day that 
40, 30 years from now, these kids are going to look back from I played at Bryant-Denny Stadium, and for the ones who scored, I scored a touchdown in, in Nick Saban's palace. So it was a pretty neat day for all of them, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and I saw the comments after the game from Coach Stewart. He talked about, you know, going into the game, whatever happens, you guys are winners because they are. I mean, 39 and 10, mm-hmm. that senior class, uh, 10 seniors, you know, a few names. You talk yeah. about Martavis Glanton, the quarterback and defensive back. He's a senior. You had Rico Dozier as a senior. There's some other players on this team that really stepped up. There are so many good players on this team. Not going to you know, name all of them. Uh, Randy Glanton, Chris Williams has been big in the playoffs. Montavious Conley, that offensive line, because that's something that Coach Stewart specializes oh, yeah. in, is is up front on the offensive line. So many great players on this team. And to, uh, you know, set the stage, I guess, for future teams with Coach Stewart at Abbeville, they've really made the program, I think, different there. This group of seniors, I mean, almost winning 40 games in four years you're averaging 10 wins a year and get into your first state championship mm-hmm. game since 1971 this Abbeville program i mean yeah they lost the state championship game but they have nothing nothing to hang your hat about i don't know i'd say it's a pretty neat thing to be one of the top two teams in the state and i really do believe that if this game was played in like a just a normal high school game it probably would have been different on a friday night under the lights because you could tell from the get-go marcel had been there before and though they didn't really know what they were playing against with Abby, though, they knew the setting, they knew the environment, they kind of understood the emotions that came with playing a state championship game where Abbeville was all fresh to them. So there's a lot to learn from that game, and hopefully the ones who are sophomores or juniors can learn from that experience and get those guys ready to go next year and maybe make another run at it. Yeah, in all levels of football, I'm always intrigued by that. Championship experience, if you've got a team that's been there before, because sometimes uh, when a team is brand new to that stage, I mean, it is just another game, but then there is a different feeling about it. So when you have, you know, players that have been there that know how to deal with the emotions, the early emotions of nervousness, kind of the feeling out process we talked about, that is is a big advantage for a team if you have been there before. Oh, for sure. And I think another weird part of it is playing the second game of the day, you were watching a football game before going out and playing a football game, whereas like a normal day, you're just at school or you're getting ready to hit the bus and then you go and play a game. You're not watching another football game. And so I think the whole the whole ordeal of the day is, is so different than a normal Friday night that it takes a lot yeah. to get used to. And not being there before is certainly something that until you experience it, you're really not going to know how it feels and how to react to it. Yeah, playing at 2.45 on Friday instead of 7 o'clock has also got to be like a, re- a readjustment. So, I mean, if you played a Thursday at night, that's oh, yeah. you've done that before. But when you play at 2.45 on a Friday, it's it's just kind of weird. I will say this. I was glad to see Abbeville. They get some scores in there in the fourth quarter uh, with their uh, their kick returning group. I know the first one, uh, Javian Anderson had the 63-yarder, which Arthur Thomas capped out and offered a touchdown. Then he had Randy Glanton got the yeah. pitch for 60 yards. So that, that was another big highlight for them for Abbeville, too. At least, you know, in the fourth quarter, I uh, know you were able to get some some scores in. Oh, yeah. And then, especially for Randy Glanton because he had that big turnover in the, <clears throat> in the first quarter. Just to score, just to pause, like to leave Brian Teddy Stadium with a good note and just say that he scored a touchdown. Javon Anderson – I was watching that kid return. I was hoping he would get it in because he's been one of my favorite players to cover all year long. And whenever I talk to him, it's like a, I mean, he's almost, we're only four years apart. So it's like we're almost friends to say. So I was really, uh, really proud to see him do that. And then Arthur Thomas, we're usually calling his name on the defensive side, racking up almost 30 sacks this year. And then he got a state championship touchdown. So it was really neat. There were some questionable things Marshall did in the end of that game, kind of like 
going for two up 30 and then uh, calling a challenge in that one touchdown, but we won't, we don't have to talk about it too much. I was like, okay, all right, coach, I see how it is, but I'm so happy that Abbeville got to experience those and make some memories for life. Yeah. And you know, kind of looking the season overall in the wildgrass like I, like I said last year this podcast ended after second round uh this year went a lot longer went into december and it's been a great year of wildgrass football so many so many great teams great players great stories uh fun stuff that happened and kind of looking at the overview of the area of course i, I guess properly should stay where abbeville is at in 2a region 2 and and I, I've stressed this whenever I had Coach Stewart on or when I ever talk about Abbeville or this region as a whole. Coming out of that region, only 6-1, and one, your only loss, which is Geneva County, and they won every game after that, nine games in a row after they lost to G- Geneva County. For them to win that region at 6-1 and one with GW Long, Geneva County, mm-hmm. Ayrton, and then you had Elba who finished 4-3 and three in the region, 6-4 and four overall, and they didn't even make the playoffs. You were going to be battle-tested going to the playoffs. And I think – 2A Region 2 was probably the most competitive region in our entire entire area here in the Watergrass. I agree, and I learned that from the from the first few weeks of the season. And uh, obviously, I've heard, when people I was trying to just ask questions at the station, people in the area, who's who's good, who's this, who's that, and it was here in Elba. And then I got like I saw Abigail's record, no entire what he did there, and so I kind of had a feeling that this was going to be a good region, and then you got week six of the season and they're all beating up on each other and it's a shame that there's not a way a 15 to get out of that region and make the playoffs because who knows what elba would have done if they made it they, that was a team that i really thought on their best day could go the distance that abbeville just did and they played everybody close i mean abbeville and them i think it was 48 42 on a thursday night game so it is a it's a crazy thing to, to think that one of the best teams in the area didn't make the playoffs but that just speaks to how good that region is yeah it's almost kind of like uh a really good division in the NFL, <clears throat> not the NFC East. Uh, it hey. getting <laughs> sorry, man. I know you got a favorite team there, but you know what I mean. Though it's like we've seen that in yeah. pro football before. You have a really good division that's got like four good teams in it, but one team doesn't make it, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like what that is because Elba. I mean, they just they spent a couple years in one A. They came back up to two A this year, but even when they were two A before, they were they were playoff mainstay. So, and that's going to be what's fun. Look at that region next year because you expect all those teams to be good again. You got teams like Houston County, Cottonwood, and Zion Chapel. They're trying to make their name too as well. So, mm-hmm. when we go into next season, that region once again, I think, is going to be one to look out for. Of course, we, you know, had Geneva County, Emmanuel Henderson will be back. So, they'll be one of the favorites too as well. So, I mean, I know we were closing the season out, but I'm already looking forward to seeing what that region's going to be all about next season. Oh, me too. And I really think a team to watch is Ayrton, not only because of how they ended the year, but they're getting some of their best players. Or, I mean, Ian Sen, I think, was a sophomore, and I think next year he's really going to take another step to kind of be a, a top player in the wiregrass. So I really think Ayrton's going to be a team to, to play with. And we'll see how Abbeville bounces back because they lost a good bit of seniors, and it's going to be hard to replace Martavius and Randy Glanton and Rico Dozer just from a, a locker room standpoint. But I'm interested to see what LeBron's theory could do. And I think, like you said, it'll be a great region again next year. And I just want to – can't wait till August. I can't say that enough. And hopefully my alma mater, Cottonwood, can find a way in the playoffs. I'm just – I'm always hopeful uh, for them. I don't mention uh, who my yeah. alma mater is often, not be, you know, just to kind of – not only by think I'm biased or anything, but I'm always hopeful the Bears can uh, can turn around and get in there. Yeah, um, I hope the best here. Now – Harrison in year two, we'll see what he does. 
Yeah, he uh, you know he he started the Northside Methodist program over there. So and you know mm-hmm. he had, he got them rolling uh, when he first started over there. So we'll hopefully and see and expect him to do good things at Cottonwood in year two. So kind of jump around too and look. Now this is probably where people may think I'm biased. Uh, we're gonna go. You know, when you look at seven A, and it was not. It was yeah. a tough year for Dothan. But I, I I have said this, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the Dothan Wolves. I mean that was a tough region too. But they had a lot of bad things go against them this year. The first two games have to stop practice when you really get ramped up to go. Of course, the Hoover game, you know, the first two games they had to cancel or forfeit. Then you had the game in the middle of the year against Cairo that happened. The Prattville game was a tough one on them because that was the week when we had the hurricane come through, the storm come yeah. through. They couldn't practice all week out on the field. Prattville could because they were going on the road. So that was a tough sit deal. I mean, it, it was just a lot of bad things against of Dothan that they couldn't control this year so that that was kind of one thing I will say about that but Enterprise was really good look they they beat the state semifinal in 7A yeah so uh, that that's going to be interesting next year too and as we move forward because I'm expecting like I said people might think I'm biased because the team I'm a broadcaster for I do think the Dothan Wolves will will make a rebound year next year but overall that region is going to be tough with Auburn Central Prattville Enterprise Uh, it's going to be that's that's what's going to be another tough one next year Oh, yeah, and I agree. And for Dothan, I mean, look at the Ravens. They've struggled this year, and they've had COVID problems from the start of the season to now. So it, to have 14 through 18-year-old kids try to get get a sense of normalcy and get stuff going when they're having the same similar issues, it's, it's, it's got to be difficult to get those guys ready to play every Friday when they've had two weeks played, and they're off two weeks, and they have to play, and then they're off. And it's, it's, it was definitely not an easy year to, to prepare for a season, and Spinny Grider definitely had his work cut out for him with all of that. But I – I think 7A, I mean, it's 7A. And then you got uh, Central Phoenix City is always good, too. So it is that region is tough. I saw a lot of tweets after the, the Auburn-Thompson game about how 7A South is much better than the other side. You could make a case for that, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Did you, see, did you see any of that Auburn-Thompson game from last oh, yeah. week? So the, way, the way that ended? Up, yeah. Oh man, there's no worse Crazy. way for a team to Crazy. lose. I felt bad for I them. Feel bad for those kids. Yeah, you have to. I mean, oh man, because you basically had it. <laughs> I mean, when you look you at did. it, and I mean, a lot of people will question kneeling it from the shotgun to end the game like that instead of just trying to run it out, give maybe another first down, and then eat, eat some more clock. But it it is definitely. I actually, luckily, I had a tweet cooked up ready to go saying Enterprise. Only team this whole year to beat Auburn in the state champions. Then I went out and did the show, came back and saw that I wasn't able to watch it the ending live, and I'm so happy to send it. But man, that would have been uh, definitely a good way from Auburn, obviously, to be state champs. But Thompson, craziest, one of the craziest finishes I've seen in Made Sports Center. It was on Scott Van Pelt, lead story of the night that night. So it's definitely a, a crazy finish and truth, insane. I know, I you know, I, and look, I'm not trying to second guess a coach. He's a coach. I'm just the guy who talks on a microphone. But I also was wondering, would it have been better if you just took a knee on fourth down and made? Because they would have had to spend oh, yeah. more time trying to get down the field to score the first one, and then mm-hmm. on side, I don't think they would have had enough time to do all that had they just had to go 50 yards on a yeah. drive and then do all that. I mean, you know. Second guess. I'm sure the coach is second guessing himself enough. Don't need me to help out in that. If anybody from oh, ours yeah. actually yeah. listening to this, yeah. but just something that just dawned on me on that one. You know, and 
3A. That was another one to touch on. That was, I think, was really competitive this year. Of course, our, our good buddy, uh, Coach Richard Tisdale and group, uh, won that region over at Slocum. That was a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, they got that, that hard hat, you know, tough mentality of a team. They just figure out ways to win and, Sometimes they just they they will outwork you. Sometimes that's just have they have that work ethic. And Coach Tisdale always told me that's what the city of Slocum was about. That their team represented what the city was about. I mean, they beat you had Op, Whisburg was solid there. Providence as always is a decent team. But that's another one. That's another one that was really fun this year uh, with Slocum, seeing what they were able to do. Oh yeah, and they were. I mean, you gotta love Tisdale. He's always a charismatic guy, and he was one of the more appreciative coaches. I went over there, talked to them all the time. And that was a great region. I, I think between Ottwicksburg and them, it was a tough, tough region. And Providence kind of had a down year, but they had COVID issues too. And I suspect they'll be back next year too. So looking ahead, Slocum will probably be right back where they were this year. I mean, you have Rashawn Miller Jr. and Jalen Nobles. They're both sophomore and junior. You're going to be a senior and junior next year. So they should be right there. Ops and House Smith Art, but I think that's a good team. And then Wicksburg's, they had a slew of guys who could do it. So, and then I'm also looking at HA. They have Eddie Brunish came in, obviously, replacing one of the best coaches in Alabama, Jamie Riggs. So I'm excited to see what he could kind of do to that program. But 3A should be a good region next year. And I don't know where they'll shake up, but I, I assume the same group of teams who are right there in the thick of it will probably be in the same boat next year. And he brought this up when I talked to him one of the times this year. Just make sure Robert don't pick against him on the Robin Rink show. Oh, Robert learned his lesson. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Robert learned his lesson. <laughs> he got like four or five people walked to him up that day of the game. And was like, how could you pick against us? How could you pick against us? I was like, Rob, you did it to yourself there. Now, the same thing happened with me. I think I picked Abbeville to lose to GW Belong. And Coach Stewart, the next time I saw him, he was like, you're lucky I wear like Sometimes a good bit of the times I've gone over there, I've worn Abbeville-esque colors, and so I built up some good rapport with him. But when I picked against Abbeville, he let me have it too. So maybe we'll take away the pick so we don't make anybody mad. But I think it adds some fun to the show, and people enjoy it. Yeah, I think most coaches are good with it, anyways. Coach Tisdale, anyways, you know he was going to have fun with it. I saw the. Uh, I remember watching the the show, uh, the clips on YouTube oh, that y'all wow. put up. Yeah. Yeah, I saw when he he gave he gave it to him on air, so uh, it, that was pretty funny. He's but like, this guy's gonna pick against me and then try to get an interview from me after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Maybe next year we'll kind of do what ESPN does, and we'll just whatever game Rob is gonna go to, we won't have him pick, so that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, like a uh, like, like Herb Street, like Herb Street won't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. That keeps Herb Street out of trouble. Anyways, um. Uh-huh. You know, we've kind of jumped all around. I think they hit most of the high spots. I mean, you don't want to forget about Abbeville Christian either. The run they made. And I, the one I did want to mention, uh, I think needs, is worth mentioning. And Northside Methodist went 5-5 five and five their first year in, uh, yeah. in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. That tremendous year for them. Uh, I think that's going to be a team whenever they do get into a region and a classification, they're going to be a program to look for too with what they got going over there. Yeah, I was talking to Jason Hurst actually at the, the final Dothan home game. And uh, obviously, I think they're still ineligible next year, right? Yes. It's two years. And then he, he said right now, I think they would be a 3A team. But there's a possibility they'll be 2A. So they'll be one of the two. But, I mean, it was a great year. Uh, Casey Newbanks, that kid is a stud. I can't wait to watch him play baseball. He was just absolutely slinging it from quarterback position. 
And I think Jason Hurst, he's a great guy and he knows what to do. So I think that program, as they continue to build some steam and get more guys in the program, there'll be some, wherever they do go, there'll be someone to mess with for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I was highly impressed what they did this year, especially offensively. They were a juggernaut to deal with on offense yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, because there were games, I mean, they were lighting it up. I mean, win or lose, they were, you can guarantee that Northside was going to put some points on you. Yeah, they put up like 35 on Rehoboth, and Rehoboth is a pretty good defensive team in a 5A school, and they still did that to them. So I was at that game, and they, they, could, score the, they could score the ball for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And they they getting playing them games and refuse too, so that's a lot of fun too uh, for them getting to play there when uh, whenever the Dothan Wolves, I guess, aren't aren't scheduled to be there. And uh, yeah, yep. I think so. I think I think we pretty much covered uh, most of the wiregrass this year in high school football. Uh, a lot of stuff. I'm sure there's other stuff we didn't talk about. We could probably keep going uh, for hours here. Oh, uh, sure. But uh, yeah. Is there is there anything I haven't brought up that maybe that caught your eye this season or caught your attention with a high school football here in the Wiregrass? Oh well, we we brought up Slocum, and I think this is. I was talking to David Monday at the Dothan Eagle about it. This is the first time, at least in the time that they've kept statistics, that Geneva, Geneva County, Slocum, and then Sampson all made the playoffs. So all four teams in the Geneva area made it to the playoffs, and so I, I had to double check with David about that because he's a stack guru. And he said it's the first time he could ever recall that all four of them in the playoffs. So I think that's really neat for a community to have all schools playing. But outside of that, it's just it was an honor to cover Wiregrass football this year, and it's been a real treat. And I'm gonna definitely miss it. Uh, I kind of remember driving back on the way from Bryant County back into Dothan. Like, man, what a year! What a year it has been! And I can't think of a better way to initiate myself into the Wiregrass than through high school football. So it's been a great year, and I love coming on these podcasts. Yeah, they set the bar for you for next year. So you're going to expect the team in this area to be the state, to be in the state championship game next year, so they can go to Jordan Hare Stadium next year. So you know, got the you know the yeah, YRS is going to have to hold up, uh, hold up that standard. Oh yes, they will. <laughs> well, anyways, Michael, I do uh, appreciate you coming on today, and the times you come on this season, I do appreciate it. You and Robert both. Uh, when I've asked y'all to come on, y'all come on. Y'all do great job over at WDHN. All you, everybody involved with your high school football coverage this year has been great. You've been a great guest, so it's Robert. So I do want to say a big thank you for coming on coming on the show and uh, being here on the wrap-up edition of the season. I really do appreciate it. And if the listeners want to follow you online, where can they find you and all the stuff you're doing over at WDHN? Of course. Uh, on Twitter is usually where I'm tweeting out stuff, especially highlights if you want to see if your kid's playing basketball or baseball or whatever it may be. It's Rinker R-I-N-K-E-R, TV. And on Facebook, you just look up Michael Rinker. And then on WDHN, com is where you can find any story I post to our website. And then watch Channel 18, or WDHN News. I do Sports Monday through Friday, twice. And then we have Fox 34, too. It's not really our station, but we do those, the news there, too. But I just want to say thank you again for letting us come on and the compliments you pay to us. It is an absolute treat to cover high school sports because it just means so much to the kids. So it makes it more enjoyable to do it. And it's easier to do it when, you know, people are going to actually watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it is a great area for it. And like I said, you guys did a great job. And, uh, Michael, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll touch base, you know, on other platforms, uh, throughout the off season and, uh, look forward to talking again sometime down the road. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. And now we're going to close up the final episode of the Wiregrass High School Football Port of the season and uh once again thanks to michael rinker for WHN for being on the show today and also being on a couple times this season and that's what i'm about to do now but just to thank everybody that's been involved with the show this season i did this at the end of last season 
and I'm going to do it again here this year to give that uh, give that thank you to everybody that's uh, been on the show. First with the coaches that's been on the show this year, Geneva County, Jim Boss Striplin, Slocum's head coach, Richard Tisdale, and Abbeville head coach, LeBron Stewart. I really do appreciate all of you taking the time to come on the show. You're busy, busy being coaches, watching film, getting your team ready, everything you've got to do. The fact is that you guys wanted to come on the show 10, 15 minutes, talk about your team, talk about your previous game, your upcoming opponent. I really do appreciate it. And fantastic, fantastic guest every time one of you guys were on. So I really appreciate that. Uh, for people that uh, cover cover football, high school football here in Wiregrass on the uh, the print side, John Johnson from the Dothan Eagle, the sports editor. Thank you to John for coming on. John gave me my first opportunity in journalism in this area uh, 10 years ago. I helped cover high school basketball for the Dothan Eagle. And thank you to John for coming on the show. Thank you to Josh Boutwell. He came on several times this season. Always good to have him on, especially when you're talking about Enterprise and New Brockton, Elba, and Delville, too. All the teams in their coverage area at Southeast Sun do a fantastic job. If you want to know what's going on with the Enterprise Wildcats, you need to check out Southeast Sun. They keep you updated through their Twitter, Facebook. Josh does a great job with everything he does, so you need to check them out. Thanks, and a big thank you to Josh for coming on the show. People on the TV side of things, of course, Michael Rinker was on the show today, and, of course, Robert Smith, too. He was on the show a couple times this year. He's a news reporter and sports guy over there for them, and he does the game of the week, so he was always talking to coaches, and that was the first highlight. And Fantastic job done by him as well, so appreciate Robert coming on the show. Once again, just like Michael Rinker as well. And I also got to thank uh, my broadcast partners, uh, the two guys I, I shared a broadcast with every Friday night for the Dothan Wolves games. That is Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert. Um, there's not, I can't put in just a few words about those two guys. Those guys have been a big boost to me uh, as someone trying to be a broadcaster, learning, learning the right things. I've learned so much about high school football being around those two guys. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but after every home game, I would leave the station and they would leave from Repuse and we would meet up at Waffle House. And just the knowledge, not just of Dothan Wolves, but just overall high school athletics in this area by both Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert, it's almost unmatched. And I've learned so much. I've, I believe I've become a better broadcaster and a, a better person uh, for being around Jerry and Ken these, these last two seasons. And, of course, we had one season at a previous stop. Uh, where we were we were partnered up together as well so appreciate them guys they came on both individually they had their own episode this year and of course they came on before the season to preview to Dothan Wolves so I do appreciate appreciate them doing that taking the time out to come on the show and of course thanks to the radio people everybody over there for allowing me to do this and of course it was a fun season because I also got to do the producing for just the podcast and the radio versions of the Smitty Grider Coaches Show. That was a lot of fun this year, talk, talking and listening to Coach, talk about the games every week. He listened to Jerry and Cole interview, listen to Jerry and Ken interview Coach every single week. That was a lot of fun. So uh, that was, and putting that show together was a lot of fun too. It was a new challenge for me, uh, more on the producing side of things. So that was fun. And of course, doing the Dothan football uh, replay was uh, fun i usually put them together on saturdays with the best highlights from jerry coleman and ken lambert as well uh, that was fun so uh, a lot of fun this year doing that doing this show and you know just to throw it out there thanks to uh, 
Coach Smitty Grider, too, uh, for doing the coaches show this year. It was always great. Like I said, hearing what he had to say about the Dothan Wolves every single week, you know, previous game, upcoming game, on the players and stuff like that. Jerry and Ken did a fantastic job interviewing him every single week on there as well. So, uh, and I guess lastly, you got to thank everybody, uh, you, the listeners. Thank you for listening to this podcast this year. I don't claim to be a high school football expert in the Wiregrass. Um, I lean on the people who come on here with me, the coaches, the people who write about it, the people who talk about it on TV uh, and radio when it comes to Jerry and Ken. They are the experts. I just, I guess I'm just a quarterback. I just lay it out there for them and let them catch it and break it down and hear their thoughts. So that's kind of uh, where I leave it because, once again, I, I'm not or never will I claim to be uh, a Wiregrass high school football expert. But I enjoyed it in the show and I appreciate every single one of you that listened to this podcast this season. And this is not the end. <laughs> This is not the end of, of the show. There will be the occasional off-season specials if something arises that I feel needs to be talked about. So uh, this is not the end of hearing my voice. You can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. I do have my own other audio content over there. If you go follow me on Twitter at PJordanSEC, you can find me on social media as well. Uh, I do have a personal Facebook page. You can get that one. Just look Philip Jordan. Just it's it's very easy to find just look at philip jordan you should be able to find it there as well and you can keep checking out some content some written and some audio content i will i'll put out year round so um may not may hear me here but i'm out there putting uh putting stuff out there and giving my thoughts on what's all different things that are going on and please subscribe to the podcast if you are subscribed to the podcast remain subscribed to the podcast one like i said you never know when we're going to pop up with a bonus edition or a special off-season edition of the show. And, um, if you, Please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave a review, whenever we do the next episode, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And, guys, you know, you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. It's been a great year. I really enjoy doing the show once again. Thank you to the listener. Until next time. Bye-bye.